welkom bij Grace Life Pakketwerk. Ons is een kerkfamilie wat focus op die evangelie van genade. Ons mukpunt is om diegene te bereik wat nog nooit die goeie nies gehoor het en om gelovig is dier discipleskap te vestig in die waarheid. Ons bid dat die boodskap jou sal help om in jou verhouding met Jesus te groei en jou sal help om meer van die werkelijkheid van Christenskap te ontdek. Goeiemorgen allemaal! <laughs> For the one guy who said he didn't understand English. Gerard. <laughs> um, before we get into the word, uh, Todd asked me just to share a bit about a mission that we're involved in that took place the last couple of days. Um, this is what we'll talk about as well in the message, but um, just with regards to um, our purpose and living in our purpose. And this is part of it. So if you can put some of those pictures up. Um, our sister church in uh, Harare in Zimbabwe, um, which uh, we go to periodically once a year or so, uh, the last time we were there, we were supposed to go with them to this uh, rural village. Um, and we've, uh, it's, it's, I think it's an awesome testimony. Firstly, let me just say, I was thinking about it. If we've been together for 16 years and then in ministry together for 13 I think that's a good testimony. Uh, but like even um, the, the, we've been with them for 12 years probably, um, supporting the work that they're doing and involved in it. Um, and we consider them to be sister, our sister church. And uh, the last time we were there, we were supposed to go with them to this village. Um, but it uh, didn't work out the way we had planned. Um, <clears throat> and so they only got to go last week. One of the reasons why was just because of the expense even. Um, we got to give the equivalent of, I think it was $150 or $100 towards it, and that obviously didn't even cover everything. But they, they uh, in the church, uh, uh, you know, kind of raised the money together, and they took, I think it was about 10 guys. Uh, it just happened to be 10 guys only, probably because it's a bit rough there. And uh, they went to a place where no one's allowed, because they, these guys live in the bush, and this is how they live, and um, they apparently, Lamech, uh, Pastor Isaac tried to put us off, I think, uh, 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 by really like painting the picture by saying these guys, the animals come and kind of fellowship with them because they smell like the animals. So the animals don't, they're not put off. And then he was saying how, um, you know, I, I won't gross you out with all the details about how they cook and stuff, but uh, it's not uh, the way we cook. And it's not in the same, they took their own pots and pans and things like this because they didn't want to use their bed pans to cook in. Because that's what they do. And um, uh, really just, they usually have a spotter up a tree somewhere. And uh, if they see people coming, they chase them away. Because um, there was a cult of sorts that got in there uh, years back and tried to kind of change them to wear ties and things like that. Uh, uh, um, I can't remember which cult, uh, one of the Christian cults. Um, and uh, Karis Ministries, our sister church there, managed to make connection with them, I think, a year ago and have been going in periodically and are busy establishing a church. This is the five-star accommodation that Pastor Isaac uh, was raising money for. And um, they um, uh, basically all the guys, I think, slept in the bus except one or two or three in the tents. And... Um, uh, that's a, this was the mission. They got stuck on the way back. There's wild um, e- elephants and other animals there. And so it was quite an adventure that they had uh, in further establishing the church there. And so we're part of that, which is really awesome. So keep them in, the, in your prayers. 
and um, be, be ready if you want to go on mission. We'll be going with them in July. The date will be set this week, uh, if anyone would like to go for that. And then there will also be another mission. Uh, um, Christu from Stellenbosch is helping us organize a, child, uh, a youth outreach for a couple of days in Solaris Pass, uh, beginning of uh, July. So those are some dates to look forward to. So, Father, I thank you that as we get into the Word, I thank you that uh, you impact our hearts with truth. And I thank you, Father, that um, we can just open up our hearts just to receive what you've got for us, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I was just reminded, uh, when we started in 2010 in um, Stellenbosch, um, Stellenbosch is not an Afrikaans town anymore. Uh, It's a very mixed town. But um, I remember there was always people coming, and you remember this too, coming up and saying, you know, why don't we have a service in Afrikaans? Why don't we have a service in Afrikaans? And I said, because God called me to start the church and I'm English. (laughs) I was like, if someone else comes along and they're Afrikaans and they want to start preach in Afrikaans, then so be it. And we had that for a season, uh, but um, the season uh, is is over and that back to just English uh, because it kind of reaches more people. So if you're struggling... Were to follow me or anything, get the recording, listen to it on slow, <laughs> slow it down, because there's a lot of things that I want to share. And usually I don't want to go into too much depth when I, when I go to a, one of our campuses and I share. I try and kind of touch on a few things, but I was feeling like, let's go a little bit deeper today. So I trust that, th- I know there'll be something for everyone, even if you don't get everything. Amen? There'll be something for everyone, because we're going to be talking about our purpose in God and our destiny in God. And um, when I was looking at my notes, I realized last time I was here, I actually shared on that. I don't know if you remember that. But I, I shared on it, but I shared basically like an introduction to that. It, we didn't even get anywhere. Um, so today we're going to get somewhere. So if you think about what is Christianity all about, you know, we look at uh, uh, what's popular in church, popular messages and things like that, and we see that um, we've got um, a problem. Thank you. We've got a problem. You can pass me the water too, please. <laughs> Thank you. The, and the, the problem is, is that like, we tend to go by what's popular, not what's maybe biblical or what, 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 what's on God's heart. Um, and I, I, obviously, it's everybody who didn't come this morning. What, what they tend to do, the people out there, is they go onto YouTube or they go onto the internet and they Google their favorite topic and they want to hear teachings on that. They, they don't hear teachings that they, they need to hear. They, teach, they listen to teachings that they want to hear. They go to a church which teaches what they want to hear. Maybe not necessarily what they need to hear. And yet, like in building, even a house or something like that, but in building, there's a lot of things that are unseen, a lot of things that are maybe not exciting. And maybe for you, if you were to build a house, the exciting part would be painting and decorating. But there's a lot of things that need to happen before that, Right? Otherwise, you don't have a house to decorate. <clears throat> so it's important for us to sometimes lay a foundation on certain things that um, aren't necessarily exciting, although I think this is exciting, but uh, this is what, what growth is about. So one of the problems, like I said, is that we pick and choose what we want to hear, and maturity is about being well-rounded, not just knowing a, a, few, a lot of things about the things we want to know, but knowing what we need to know. So what is our purpose? Because this is one of the biggest things. I think if we're not living on purpose, we're 
kind of floundering around. We're, we're going from pillar to post, and it, for a lot of people, this is why they don't experience satisfaction in this life. This is why a lot of people, Christians, are depressed. It's because they don't have this deep-seated purpose in their heart. First Timothy <clears throat> chapter 2, verse 4 says, Who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. So this is showing <clears throat> God's heart, God's desire, God's purpose. Okay, This is God's purpose for the whole world. Number one, everyone be saved. Okay, So He doesn't will some people not to be saved. Okay, That's important that we get that established. He wants everyone saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's talking about discipleship. That's talking about being established in the truth of the words that you can live a fruitful life. <clears throat> Ephesians 4.11, it's not on the screen, but it says uh, that He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some uh, evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Now, if you're a believer, you're a saint. Okay? You're a saint. Which means that you're a separated one, a separated unto God, you're holy for His purposes, His purposes, not your purposes, but it's saying that the, equip, the, the, the leadership in the church is there to equip you, to be able to prepare you, to be able to do work of the ministry. And yet a lot of us have this mindset of, I go, I pay my, my, my tithe, I give my money, and uh, now someone else must do the ministry. And part of minist our ministry is giving so that we can help the gospel go further. But we mustn't exclude ourselves from the joy of being involved in ministry. If we want to know what God's purpose is for our lives, we need to look at His purpose. If we want to know our purpose, it's, it's only ever going to be in His purpose. Amen? So I want to show you a couple of things, uh, from, even from Genesis, because if you look in the beginning, who's doing ministry school here? I know there's a couple of you. I see two hands. Good. So the rest of you, like, I, I want to show you some stuff because if you look from the beginning to, to, of the Bible to the end of the Bible, there's one message. There's one message. If you look from the beginning of the Word to the end of the Word, you, 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 you see God saying the same thing again and again. And I know that might not be, be easy to understand yet. But even where, let me ask this question, where, it, where do you find in the Bible um, the Great Commission? Where do you find the, 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 the Great Commission in the Bible? Go into all the world, preach the gospel. We would automatically maybe say, as some of you think I'm going to trick you, which I was, we would automatically think it's in the end of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. It starts in Genesis. So the purpose of God has never changed. Why? How, how can we know that? Because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So His purpose hasn't changed. Maybe the way things are happening has changed. And obviously, the cross and the resurrection changed a lot. Amen. But his purpose has never changed. And his purpose has been the same. To see all men saved and come to knowledge of the truth. He didn't decide that after Jesus. Okay, he decided that long ago. So we need to look at Genesis. And we're going to look at Genesis chapter 12. Because what we see here in Genesis is basically, the, the book of Genesis is about two people. Okay. Adam and Abraham. Okay? I know some of you shouted Eve, <laughs> but that's what people usually do. That's why I waited, because it's funny. So we want to look at Adam and Abraham, because Abraham succeeded where Adam failed. Adam failed, and then Abraham took it further. Okay? He, he succeeded where Adam had failed. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 12 
Well, let me actually just uh, uh, highlight it for you. In uh, Genesis chapter 4, we see the effects of what Adam did. In Genesis chapter 6, we see the problem expanding. Okay, And then in Genesis chapter 11, we see the growth of the problem to the point where there's like idolatry and all sorts of things going on. And then in Genesis chapter 12, <coughs> we see uh, Abraham. And it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. <coughs> and I will make of thee a great nation and will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him. <coughs> and Lot went with him. And Abraham was seventy and five years old when, uh, when he departed out of Haran. So if you're in your sixties, seventies, eighties, whatever, there's still time. Amen? <coughs> so... What we see here is that Abraham gave the Word of God first place in his life. That's the first thing. Adam didn't. Is Abraham mentioned in, in Hebrews chapter 11? Yes. In Hebrews chapter 11 it says by faith and it mentions a whole lot of people. One of the people that's not included is Adam. Why? Because Adam didn't do anything by faith. So he's not listed there. Okay, that sounds like a shock because we think because Adam's in the Bible, he was right. <laughs> Except for when he made a mistake. But he's not mentioned in Hebrews for a reason. Okay, so God is <clears throat> now beginning to do righteousness through Abraham. Okay, Genesis chapter 15 verse 6 says that he believed the Lord and it was counted to him for righteousness. So righteousness was there, you know, it, it's maybe, it's, we have righteousness and we've become the righteousness of God because we believe in what Christ has done. But they were righteous because they believed in the message that they received of the Messiah that was coming, of Jesus who was coming. Okay? So they were looking to the cross and we're looking back at the cross. Genesis chapter 12 verse 5, And Abraham took Sarai's wife and Lot his brother's son and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, some of you need to think about that statement, and they went forth to get, go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. So, what's interesting here, is Abraham had substance. What is substance? Stuff, things. Do you have substance? You're sitting on substance. You're wearing substance. Hopefully your bank has substance. Your bank account. So in Hebrew, substance means wealth. Okay? So now this is showing us something very important. Look, look at verse 3 of Genesis 12. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and in thee all the, the families of the earth shall be blessed. Before God called Abram, he had substance. Now God calls Abraham and he says, I'm going to bless you and you'll be a blessing. Now when we look at this, this account of Abraham, often what we think is that God's going to give him money and he's going to be a blessing to the whole world. And that's the way we look at it for ourselves. But this says he had money. Then God called him and even when he had his money, God said, I'm going to bless you. That's like saying, 
you know, to Bill Gates, I'm going to give you some money. If you're interpreting the blessing as money. So I'm trying to show you that it can't, the blessing of Abraham can't be money. Okay? So, so you've got, you got, you got to see this because it's, it's really, it shows us that our purpose is bigger than money. Money is a tool to help us fulfill our purpose. But purpose is never money. Okay? So he's saying here uh, to Abram, I will save you and work through you to save others. He's saying that, that he, he, he wants to work through Abraham to reach the whole world. Not just Israel, but the whole world. He's telling Abraham, I will work my plan and purpose in the earth through you. Why? Because you believed. Okay? <clears throat> John 3.16 this is this, it, Listen to the words. It's the same sound. I'll bless you. I'm going to reach the world through you. Then God's, uh, Jesus says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God's heart has always been rescued. God's heart has always been saved. God's heart today is still the same thing. He wants to rescue us. He wants to save us. He wants to give us as, as a, a purpose and a meaning. Okay? Genesis twenty two eighteen. We're going to go through a lot of verses to paint this picture. Because often what we do is we go to church and we have one verse and uh, half an hour uh, uh, thoughts and opinions on a verse, right? I like to do it the other way around. <laughs> I like to give you a whole lot of verses, paint a picture through the Scripture, and then we'll see what the Bible's saying to us. So all I've done is i put the verses together for you to see the map, the bigger picture. So Genesis 22, 18. <clears throat> and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. What is voice? It's not what you hear right now. It's not what you're hearing right now. In, sometimes in the Bible, when we read the Bible, we've got to think. <laughs> okay? Because sometimes the words that they use are actually meaning something that means different to us today. You understand? Sometimes when you say a word and you read it in the Bible, it's two different understandings. Because of culture, because of time, we've got to think about what did it mean then. And very quickly, in context and, and uh, voice, when you read in the Bible, often voice is just talking about message. It's not talking about this. It's talking about the message. Okay? And there's verses which bring that out. We're not going to get into it now. But that's just uh, something that, that's quite helpful. So because he had obeyed the message, the voice, God wanted to, through his descendants... Or it says, thy seed, let me say rather, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Genesis 26, 4, uh, 4. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of the heaven and give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So, I want to pause there and say this. The, the, the heart and purpose of God is that all men would be saved. That's the call upon your life. Be saved. Receive Christ. Come to Him. And then from that place, the call of uh, the believer is ministry. Okay? It's not to be a banker, lawyer, doctor, teacher, what, 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 what. Okay? All of those things are great. 
But let's just think about that for a moment. You might be saying, I know God called me to be a teacher. And you're a school teacher. Or I know God called me to be a doctor. And uh, maybe he's gifted you for that. He's, he's given you those interests. Awesome. But then let's say that someone, you know, we, we all appreciate the people who come to collect our rubbish on uh, whatever day it is for you. For us, it's on a Friday. Did God call them to collect our rubbish? Does God love them less than he loves us? So we've got to think about jobs differently. We've got to think about vocation differently. Just because you took a, a, call, a, a, a calling into business and you think, oh, God's called me to be a businessman, does that mean that someone who, who's struggling to, to make ends meet because whatever reason, but they love Jesus and they're a Christian and then it's just not working out for them, does that mean that God loves them less or that maybe he's called them to do something menial because... It needs to get done. No, no, no. We appreciate people who have jobs like that are menial, or, or, but, the, but even though they're menial, they're important. They're vital. We love that. We don't want to have to take our own rubbish to the dump every week. Okay? But it doesn't matter if you work at steers or if you're a petrol attendant or what have you. There's a purpose in that vocation. The vocation, the, the calling, the job is just a vehicle to be able to fulfill your purpose. Okay? And you can fulfill your purpose doing anything, which is great because, I mean, you know, God gives us creativity and He gives us wisdom and He gives us insight into things like um, business. And so, you know, He can give you an idea to, to create this kind of like almost plastic kind of strip okay this is this is a true story he can give you a, a, a this idea to create this film that you put into a little box and you take photos you take pictures and it puts an imprint onto that 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 negative and then you take it to the the pharmacy or wherever you would take it and then you would get it developed and you get photos a couple days later anybody remember that <laughs> so it's like that that's quite a clever idea but then all of a sudden, someone develops the, makes the idea of digital, which makes the film useless. But you're standing here saying, God called me to do this film business, and so I'm doing this film business. But now nobody wants your film. In COVID, uh, with the lockdown, I think a lot of people should have caught a wake-up with regards to the idea of calling. Because all of a sudden, a lot of people couldn't do what they were called to do. Called to do, They had to stay home. And yet, you could have fulfilled your calling without going to, to work. Because <laughs> you can fulfill your calling anyway. As long as there's uh, people or you've got connection to people. 26 verse 4. So, let's see the physical seed of Abraham. Who is it? The physical seed. Israel. Okay. Exodus 4 verse 22. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my... My what? My son. My son. How can a nation be a son? Look at verse 23. And I say unto thee, Let my son go. Who's he asking to, uh, saying, let my who go? My people, it's the nation. 
So now we see how, how God is referring to a nation as his son. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because often we don't think about what son means. We think son is my, 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 my offspring. I've got two sons, William and Elliot. They are my offspring. But in the biblical sense, they're not my son yet. It helps you understand Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Trinity, if you, if, you, if, you, if you listen here. So who is Son? Because obviously in their world and their understanding, Son is not referring to someone born in a hospital. Okay? Son is the builder of the family, the fulfiller of the vision. Okay? So Son is someone who represents the Father, you could say. Okay? This is what we need to see. If you look at uh, Hosea 11 verse 1, when Israel was a child, then I loved him, and I called my son out of Egypt. The whole nation of Israel was made up of men and women, so even the women were part of being a son. Because they were there, they were called to fulfill the purpose of God on the earth. They were called to fulfill the vision of God on the earth. So even today, you've got modern translations which, call, which say sons and daughters, you know, you're a, a, a son or a daughter of God or children of God. It's wrong. Because son of God, in, in terms of when it refers to us, isn't talking about gender. It's talking about fulfilling the purpose and the plan of God as his inheritance. Okay? As his uh, people. So, son is the one who takes over, you could say, the family business. To carry on the, the vision. To fulfill his work on earth. What is God's plan and work in the earth? As sons of God, as His children, as sons of God, those who are called to continue His work on the earth. What is His work? Because that's our purpose. Okay? We see it throughout the Word. Um, but let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. Because Israel's function was to carry out the Great Commission. Israel's function was to, to reach the world with the message that God had. But because of unbelief, they didn't do it. Look at this, Hebrews chapter 3. It says, And who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard His message? Okay. Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt, which is sung? And who made God angry for 40 years? Was it, wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when He took an oath that they would never enter His rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed Him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter His rest. So, Israel as a nation despised and rejected their calling, which you can also call birthright, their inheritance as a, their purpose. And um, because of that, they didn't enter into the rest. So, let's look here. John chapter 1. As many as received them, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. Those who fulfill His purpose. Even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, but nor of the will of man, but of God. So we see the use of the word son there in a way which is very different from born in a maternity ward. It's something that's kind of, you become, something that you, you step into. 
Okay? Son is talking about heir. What have you inherited? Heir as in H-E-I-R. Heir. Okay? What have you inherited? What have you inherited? Okay, let's look at it. Um, Psalm, Psalm chapter 2, verse 7 to 8. I'll declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day I have begotten thee. Ask of me and I will give thee, for the, uh, give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. So this is the will of God. This is the purpose of God. This is the plan of God uh, uh, for the earth. Okay, And this is what he wanted to accomplish through Adam. Adam rejected it. He wanted it. Then he moved it on to Abraham. And you'll see this reiterated again and again through all... Uh, um, uh, through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then it continues. That's why it's referred to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob accepted the, the message. They accepted the voice. They listened to the voice, and they were part of fulfilling God's plan. They, sh they, they, they shared this message. Okay? So let me show you where the Great Commission is first mentioned. Do you want to see? Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. That's talking about discipleship. That's talking about discipleship. What Jesus said, Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. This is talking about discipleship. Okay? Um, Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. The reason why we need to, when we study the word, let me say it like this, we need to dig deeper. Because Jesus is the message of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And from Genesis to Revelation, the message that we have is the message of faith, uh, salvation through faith in Christ. So we've got to look at this and pick up more than having kids and getting married. We've got to look at this and see the deeper purpose of God here. Okay? So the son is the one who fulfills the purpose on earth, who inherits the responsibility and then carries out the, the purpose of God. Okay? So, then we get back to Israel. Israel uh, uh, failed. Israel failed and then God restates his purpose. Let me show you that. Numbers chapter 14. Verse 21 to 22. But truly, as I live in all the earth, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my message, my voice. Okay, so they rejected, but then God said, this is my purpose still. He restated the purpose. He restated the, the vision. Exodus 8 verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and said, uh, 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 Go to Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. There we see the purpose of God for His people. Okay? Serving Him. There's a reason for our salvation. You know, there's a reason for our salvation. Our purpose is to serve him to serve him 
Salvation isn't God serving me. My, the, this is, the purpose of God is uh, 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 declared from Genesis all the way through the Word. So we should be able to, the same thing we read in Ephesians, we should find somewhere in the Old Testament and see it rooted there. Because God doesn't give you a new idea in the New Testament. He gives you the same idea, just maybe interpreted through the death, burial, and resurrection. He gives it a, a deeper, it, it becomes um, even easier for us because of the empowering of the Spirit now. So what I'm trying to show you is you'll be able to find your purpose in the, the, the scriptures of Genesis all the way through to Malachi. We don't toss it out because of the cross. The biggest mistake of Bible interpreters was to put a blank page in the middle of the Bible and say, New Testament of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's an uninspired page of the Bible. It is. You can tear it out because it's uninspired. It wasn't inspired. It was put there by the translators because they were trying to show you how to divide your Bible, which is wrong. Because God hasn't changed from Genesis to Revelation. He's the same. So His purpose for mankind is the same. He desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. His purpose is the same. But salvation's purpose for us isn't, now God satisfying my need, even though He does. And He can. Even though we can enjoy the blessing of God, the, the favor of God, the healing power of God, etc., etc., etc. Wisdom. You need wisdom for the marketplace, there's wisdom. But, even though we can experience all of that, the wisdom that I receive is to serve Him. The empowering that I receive is to serve Him. The blessings I receive are to serve Him. Because my purpose is, I will bless you, and through you all nations of the earth shall be blessed. That's our purpose. How can I be a blessing to the heathen? <laughs> Share the gospel with them so they get saved. And you might not be able to go to Nepal, okay, in Asia, but your money can go there. You know, we recently had two uh, Grace Lifers go on mission to Nepal. It wasn't uh, on uh, Instagram or anything like that. And when they sent us messages back to tell us about the report back and stuff, they weren't allowed, they were told, you're not allowed to use the M word, mission. Because the government will pick it up. So they had to be very secretive. And they, they, the pictures, they, were, they had to hike, I think, how long did they hike for? Do you know? It was like six hours or something to get into the villages in the, 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 the Himalayas. Now, maybe none of us will ever go there. But because we're a church family, we've helped to fulfill the purpose of God in Nepal by sending people, by praying for them. You know, so, so it doesn't mean you have to go into all the world. It's like we're part of fulfilling the purposes of God through prayer, through giving, through all sorts of different means. Okay, But you can fulfill the purpose of God where you are by loving on the people in your community and by reaching the people in your community as well. Okay, So look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Isn't that awesome? 
That's who we are. And it's sad that a lot of the body of Christ stop there. They put a full stop and they delete the rest and they're like, this is who I am. <laughs> Aren't I amazing? When it says, then it gives us our purpose. This is who you are, that you may proclaim the praises of Him. What is that you may proclaim the praises? That's purpose. That's ministry. You might think you can't talk to a donkey. You can't talk to, to, to a mannequin in the shop because you, you're too shy. <laughs> we can all talk to someone. Okay? And God will give you the boldness as you start to step out and know your identity and stuff. But this is the point. We're all called to proclaim the praises of Him who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. This is showing us that the birthright, uh, or, or let me say this, uh, what we receive in Christ gives us purpose. It's not just for us to sit on our blessed assurance and to enjoy Him until the end. Okay? Look at the Passion version of 1 Peter 2. But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience His marvelous light. And now He claims you as His very own. He did this so that you would broadcast His glorious wonders throughout the world. We're all called to be part of broadcasting His message of grace to the whole world. Amen? And that's the purpose of this house, this church here, is to get you to come in, to equip you to be able to broadcast out there, to be able to go to the marketplace, go to sports clubs, whatever, and to share the good news with people. And then we bring them in so we can fellowship all together and be further equipped. And then take another offering <laughs> and send it to the nations and reach more people, etc. That's, the, that's the, the purpose of us being together. Okay? <clears throat> Look down. Let me see here. Let me see here. You know, throughout the, the Word we see this, how some people accepted the call, some people rejected the call. Some people accepted the call, some people rejected the call. And uh, there's examples of it throughout. I mean, even Cain and Abel. Let's look at that. Genesis chapter 4. So down a couple of slides there. Genesis chapter 4, uh, 3 to 8. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruits of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought a of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering and did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry. And his countenance fell. See, this is showing us that God doesn't like vegans. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. If you're a vegan, we love you. We don't love your food, but we love you. <laughs> so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why are you, has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? We can interpret that, I guess, if you eat meat, would you not be accepted? But anyway, and if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, and you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with his brother Abel, and it came to pass that while they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. So, what is the issue here? You know, the, the, the word here um, is showing us that 
The issue is not salad and steak. Okay? The, the issue is not food. The issue is purpose. The issue is responding to calling. What we would call birthright. Okay? Abel had respect and honor for his birthright. Cain didn't. And so the first murder was actually a persecution. Because Cain was, was kind of wanting to do his own thing. Abel was doing the right thing. And Abel was, um, uh, 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 or Cain was jealous, you could say. He was like, because he knew that's what he should be doing. So what did he do instead? He killed his brother for it. Genesis chapter 4 verse 14. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from the face of the uh, shall I, uh, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that finds me shall slay me. Now let's we're going to follow this story. Look at verse sixteen. And Cain went from the presence of the Lord. It doesn't say the presence of the Lord went from the murderer. It says that the murderer went from the presence of the Lord. Okay, that's an important point. And dwelt in the land of Nod and east of Eden. Okay? Now I'm going to show you how we call Cain cursed, but he doesn't experience a lot of the things that we would say a cursed person should have. Watch this. Genesis chapter 4 verse 17. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived, and bare Enoch, and he builded a city, and called the name of that city, after his, uh, the name of his son, Enoch. So number one, he was cursed, but he had children. As I was praying earlier, I really felt like this would be even a word for someone. You think you're cursed and that's why you can't have children. Not so. Look, look at what the word says. Okay? Uh, uh, he was cursed, but he wasn't poor. How much money would it cost to build a city? Yet he was cursed. You know, we've got a big problem in the church, in that we think money means approval from God. Or money means faith. Has anyone been to the Middle East? There's lots of money. There's no faith. There's some places which are full of wickedness and lots of money. Why is God approving of them? Why do ungodly people have lots of money? There's something messed up with our theology if we think that uh, uh, you know, just because the church doesn't have money, God's not blessing it. God doesn't have any money to give us. You do. It's true. If God had money, I'm sure He would give it to us. The only money He has is what's in our pockets. <laughs> he doesn't have the money of um, Bill Gates, unless Bill Gates says, Jesus, what do you want me to do with my, my, your, this money? You know? Otherwise, it sits where, it, where he wants it to sit. And it does what he wants it to do. Look at Jesus' commentary on Cain and Abel. Matthew chapter 23, verse 34 to 37. Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets. Everyone say prophets. Okay, now watch this. Wise men and scribes, some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that you may come... That, sorry, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah. Now, go to verse 36. 
Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent, um, sent to her. How often I wanted to gather you like children, etc. So the issue here that it's showing us, Cain was killed Abel because he was a prophet. Because he was declaring, that he was the mouthpiece for God. He was sharing the message and he was operating in his purpose, but Cain wasn't very happy about that. Okay, He disregarded his birthright. The same thing, uh, we can get into uh, Noah even with that and whatnot, but I want to move down because there's some more that we have to get into here. So if you can go down on the notes there to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'll just mention Noah. You know, Noah says that uh, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. What does it mean to find grace in the eyes of God? He found grace in the eyes of God. He, he, he saw grace in God, and so then he started to operate in grace. Okay? Which means that God wasn't just like a... If he had seen wickedness, or not wickedness, if, if he had seen wrath in the eyes of God then I think he would have just built a boat and gone. <laughs> you know, but Noah took 120 years to build an ark, but while he, you know what, probably took him so long, because he was preaching. He was preaching. He took his birthright. He took his calling. He didn't just build a boat so that he and his family would be fine. He tried to warn people. He tried to convince people for 120 years so that they would not be destroyed. Why? Because he knew that God's purpose was to rescue people. And he was trying to rescue man. He wasn't trying to destroy man. Now, there's a lot that needs to be said about that. But let's look at this. What are we doing with our calling? Okay, look at uh, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. From the New King James, firstly, it says, We also ma uh, made us, um, sorry, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives Life. The New Living Translation says he has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This new covenant. This is a covenant not written uh, of not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but the, under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. Good News Translation, GNT. It is He who made us capable of serving the new covenant, which consists not of the written law, but of the Spirit. The written law brings death. But the Spirit gives life. So we need to ask ourselves questions. Whenever we're studying the Word, whenever we're listening to a message, it mustn't just go in here and out there, or in here and go, wow, that was nice, or in our notebook and on the wall, uh, on the shelf at home. We need to, 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 to take the message and go, what now? What now? And with the challenge of, this is your purpose, go into all the world and preach the gospel. This is your purpose. You're an able Minister of the new covenant. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 shows us you're a new creation. Amen? If you read through from 17 all the way to the end, this is what I shared last time, it shows us that we are a new creation, and the same person that it's talking about there, which is the believer in Christ, it goes on and it says, you've been given a ministry of reconciliation. You've got a message of reconciliation. You're an ambassador of Christ. So the same person who's a new creation is the same person who has a ministry 
a message and represents God. And that's every single believer. So you're either a good ambassador or a bad one. But you're an ambassador nonetheless. <laughs> you're either a good representative or a bad one. But you're one nonetheless. You don't all of a sudden have a calling from God. You've been a Christian for 20 years and you're like, God's calling me to ministry. No, you're only realizing He's called you to ministry now. What we might be thinking is He's called me to stand at a pulpit. But this is ministry as much as you, your ministry in reaching people where you are. Okay, So are we serving the new covenant? Are we functioning in our calling here? Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 3.6 in the voice. Now God has equipped us to be capable servants of the new covenant. So are we serving this new covenant? A lot of people approach the message of grace as in, what can it serve me? We need to approach it as in, now we've received it, how can I serve this message to other people? You know, you might be at the place where you can't, you, you might not have the confidence or the know-how to be able to just go and minister to people. Take Sunday's message from uh, 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 the, the internet or put it onto a CD or take the, the, the link and send it to people. That's a start. Share the message with other people. Share the link with other people. Buy a book and share it with someone. If you, you don't want to encourage them with what you encouraged with, then encourage them in a different way. <laughs> Amen? That's a way to be able to be involved in sharing the message. Look at Psalm 67. Psalm 67, verse 2. This is how David, King David, is describing our ministry. Okay? He's saying, the Living Bible, send us around the world with the news of your saving power and your eternal plan for all mankind. This is, this is what we're called to. If you look throughout the Bible, I've been talking about this in ministry school, it's amazing. Every time someone received the call of, uh, they received salvation they received the call to ministry and they moved geographically <laughs> i'm not saying you always have to move but we should be willing to move so that we can go around with this uh, this this glorious message isaiah responded to the the, the message like this isaiah 6 verse 8 I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. And the easy to read, it says, who, it says the same thing, really. Who has heard the Great Commission? If you've heard the Great Commission, you've received the call. Okay? Now it's up to us to step out. And this is really what Paul, Paul was about. This is really what Paul lived for. And we kind of think the Apostle Paul was the Apostle Paul. He's special. So I, don't, I, can't, I, I can't be like that. Okay? No. Okay? <laughs> we might have different functions in the body. You might not need to write half a Bible. But you, you, you're going to, to be able to share the message and, and go into all the world and preach the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16 says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. I love this because he's saying, woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. This is what I'm created for. This is what I'm supposed to do. Many of, of you might be 
dissatisfied with life, might be struggling with depression, might be unsatisfied with lots of things. And it's be probably because of this, I would say, number one. We're not functioning in our purpose. Anyone who's not functioning in their purpose, anything which isn't functioning in their purpose is neglected. Now, God's not neglecting you. He's made you an able minister of the new covenant. You're neglecting you. Okay? You know, I'm trying to think of a good example, but I heard, I heard another example. Someone, I heard another preacher say this. He got into his car, and um, this was in Texas, and he didn't realize, like, the, I think the steering wheel heated up. <laughs> you know, so they have, you know, the, the seat warmers, but also the steering wheel heats up. And he accidentally turned on something and he said, wow, I didn't, re-. he had the car for months. And he's like, wow, I didn't realize the steering wheel heated up. And his son looked at him and said, you know, you had that the whole time. <laughs> and he was like, that's such a, a sermon in there. <laughs> because so many of us are like that as Christians. We don't know what we have, so we don't use it. And even if we do, we don't use it. So you've got a calling. It's up to you whether you use it or not. Okay. I like the good news on this. It says, I have no right to boast just because I preach the gospel. After all, I'm under orders to do so. How terrible it would be for me if I didn't preach the gospel. Why would it be terrible for him if he didn't preach the gospel? Think about that for a moment. Why would it be terrible not to preach the gospel? What do I mean by preaching the gospel? We're people of good news. We've got this message. And when we go out there and we find people who don't have this message, we say, hey, here's this message. This is what salvation is. Would you like some? You can have it all. You know, and then they receive that. that you can do it at a bri, you can So many people, uh, uh, it's funny, I was thinking about it in terms of Tigerberg Church, Grace Life Tigerberg. There's a couple of people in Grace Life Tigerberg who are in Grace Life Tigerberg because they went to a bri. Different bri's, not all the same one. But because Christians had bri's and they invited their, their non-Christian friends and at the bri someone shared the gospel and said, or said you must come to church or come to life group or something and then all of a sudden they got hooked. So there's different ways to fulfill this. Okay? But why would it be terrible? 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. All of us must appear before Christ to be judged by Him. We will each receive what we deserve according to everything we have done, good or bad, or in, or in our bodily life. So, don't look at that in the, in the sin consciousness. Don't think about sin when you read that. Okay? We're saved by grace through faith. But you're not rewarded by grace through faith. And this is something we don't often talk about. But you don't get rewarded for being a Christian. You get heaven for being a Christian. You get rewarded for what are you doing with the gospel. And it's terrible, Paul said, because if I don't preach the gospel, there's no reward. And, you know, there's rewards in heaven. And at least you get to heaven. You know, but who wants to miss out on something we could have had? You know, uh, uh, people moan about that and say, hey, but it's... Um, uh, that's not really grace, it brings in legalism. No, it doesn't, you're saved by grace. But what are you doing with that grace? How is it affecting other people? Why would God be unjust to not reward you for doing His work? He, would, he wants to reward us for what we do with His message. But He's not going to, and, and the reward might not be in this life, but it's going to be for eternity. Okay, eternity is longer than this life. Amen? 
So, I want to finish off with uh, Genesis 25, because I think uh, this is a good example. Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red porridge, pottage, for I am faint, therefore his name, uh, uh, his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Send, uh, sell me this day thy birthrights. Okay, we've been talking about birthright, your purpose, your calling, your destiny. And Esau said, Behold, I'm at the point to die. I don't think he was dying. One meal is not going to kill you. But he, he felt like he was going to die. So he's kind of like, what is this birthright going to profit me? Because I'm going to die. And so Jacob said, swear unto me this day. And he swore unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So the New Testament interprets this, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 to 17. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau. What did Esau do? For one, uh, for one morsel of bread, he sold his birthright. So the Bible is interpreting, the New Testament interprets the Old Testament. Okay, If we want to understand what's happening in the Old, we've got to look to the New. And here, what you see is it's being interpreted that despising his birthright was fornication. And yet when we read fornication, we think of other things. Many of you might be fornicating according to the word now. Because you're despising your birthright. You're not fulfilling your calling. Okay? The birthright had nothing to do with uh, material uh, blessing. Okay? Let me, let me keep reading here. Um, verse 17. For you know that afterward... When he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. And he found no place for repentance, though he sought it with tears, <laughs> diligently with tears. Let's not be like Esau. Let's not be like Esau. He had no regard for his birthright, for his calling. In fact, he rejected it for material wealth. The birthright didn't bring material wealth. He rejected it for material wealth. What was his material wealth that he wanted? A bowl of soup with some bread. <laughs> it wasn't, I like lentil soup, but it's not maybe the best soup that's available. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to sell your birthright, at least get a better, better bowl of soup, right? The point that I'm trying to make here is that we mustn't be like Esau. We must learn from him. Look at 1 Corinthians 10. All these things serve as types and, and pictures for us, lessons that teach us not to fail. The same way, by callously craving worthless things. Callously craving worthless things. The, 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 this is how we despise what God has called us to, is when we desire something else. When the deceitfulness of riches and a lust of, for other things and the cares of this world pull us off track and we're like, you know what, I'm not going to do that now. I'm not... Uh, um, uh, you, 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 I'm trying to think of this example. 
Here's a good example. Someone at one of the campuses, I have privilege to much information, so not many people knew this, but this, this individual um, resigned from their job because they said they'd reached everybody in their office. Everyone had either accepted Christ or rejected Christ, and they were like, there's no more purpose for me here. So they, they decided to take a, a job elsewhere. They even said at this, in this campus, like, I even feel like my work here is done because what else? I feel like I'm not doing enough here at the church, at the, in this town, so I'm going to look to move somewhere else. And, so they, and they, they did. But here's the thing. They resigned from their work, and they're not the, the richest person on earth. Um, they, 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 they realized that um, I was struggling with my laptop, so they bought me a new laptop. They phoned me and they said, I want to buy you a laptop. And I was like, before you, you make that commitment, <laughs> I've got to tell you what kind of laptop I use. Because I do video editing for the church. So uh, um, I'm going to need one that's costing 20000 not one that you can find for six. <laughs> so you can reconsider that and give it, no, 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 it's fine. I'll, I'll make it available. I was like, okay, that's awesome. Then the, the, the mission trip to Albania came. And I think, I think they may, may have given about forty or 50,000 rand personally to different people. If I, I, didn't, I didn't add it up, but it's about there. They decided to, at the same time to give me my laptop but, and rather not go on that mission trip. Because they wanted to rather help the ministry rather than them go on a trip. So it, it really showed an awesome, an awesome heart there. But um, they not craving worthless things that money can buy. They were like, I'm going to put my money to use. And they need money. <laughs> okay? But they're, they're, they're managing it in such a way where they're able to be a blessing and help the kingdom. And, um, and at the same time, fulfill their birthright. Walk in their purpose. Walk in their calling. And I was just overwhelmed because they weren't giving to get. They, they, they know that you don't give to get. They were like, I'm giving so that the kingdom can be advanced. That's a good heart. That's a good heart. Okay? But what this is showing us from what we're reading here is that the time will come when we may regret. The time will come when, so now I'm warning you. The time will come when you might regret having rather gone for the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and a lust for other things, rather than the purposes of God for your life. And I've heard people dress up carnality and say, that's my purpose. It's not. Building a business so that it can burn is not eternal. Building a purpose, uh, building a business so that you can reach people and employ people so you can be a blessing and you can preach the gospel to them, that has eternal value. And so that's what we want to weigh in on. Not the, I'm doing something so that I can have more money. We want more money so we can do more things, so we can reach more people. So we must put our hands to work. We can't all just stay in here all day. We need to be out there, but we need to see eternity in what we do. And we need to uh, put eternal value into what we're doing. Okay? So, the time is coming when we might want to cry and it's too late. So don't be like Esau. Because there's a purpose for your life. Salvation is by grace through faith. So that we, we're not talking about um, uh, uh, legalism. This is not legalism. This is purpose. 
Okay, we're all called to be, be actively involved in what God is, 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 is um, wanting to do in the earth. But now look here in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 to 14. <clears throat> and I am really landing. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment. Every secret thing, whether it be good or bad. Okay, now look at the NIV. <coughs> this is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God, keep His commandments. This is the whole duty of mankind. God will bring every deed into judgment, every hidden thing, whether it be good or evil. It, in other translations, it starts to use the words duty. This is the whole duty of man. This is the purpose of man. This is the, the call of the new creation. And what it's saying is to serve God. So a good question to walk away with today is, how am I serving God? Yes, God wants to serve you. Yes, God wants to bless you and, and all that. But it's blessed to be a blessing. That's what he said to Abraham. I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. Take money out of your mind. It's not talking about money. I will bless you and you'll be a blessing. What's that blessing? You've got the Spirit of God living in you for eternity. What's more blessed than that? And now we have this privilege of sharing what's in us, the Holy Spirit, with other people and salvation with other people and they can have Him for eternity. And so we're blessed to be able to be a blessing. This is God's purpose for our lives. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Let's just ask a question here quickly. Paul is writing to who? To whom? The church at Corinth. Okay? It's not the leadership assembly at Corinth. I'm going to say that again. Paul is writing to the church, not to the leaders. So he's writing to you. Okay? And this is what he's saying. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Give, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Not your work. Not your purposes. Not your plan. But give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Okay? Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. What does that last part mean? Rewards. What you do for the Lord will be rewarded. What you do for the Lord will, will last. I know I've read this uh, quote here before, but it's like C.T. Studd said. Um, uh, what did he say? <laughs> he said, um, only one life will soon be passed. Whatever, uh, only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, only one life, only what's done for Christ will will last. Look at the New Living Translation of that verse. My dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. So we need to be receiving the message here, be refreshed in the message here, so we're strong and immovable in the message. No one can move us off of the message. Okay? No one can take us out of our faith in Christ and then always give you, what does it say? We'll always work enthusiastically. Have you seen the Jehovah's Witnesses? I think they are. That stand with their trolley. I don't know. You get them here as well. I see them in Durbanville sometimes when I'm there. They look very unenthusiastic. 
on the street corner there, there with their little book rack. And they're, they're standing on the corner there, and if you maybe wandered in here as a Jehovah's Witness, we love you. But they're standing there very, un, in, no enthusiasm. And I walk past them on purpose, and I look, and they just look at you. There's no enthusiasm there. We need to be better than that. Because <laughs> we've got a message which is actually real which actually can change people's lives and change their eternity. And so it's a work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Voice, translation, last one. My dear brothers and sisters, stay firmly planted. Be unshakable. Do many good works in the name of God. And know that your labor is not for nothing when it is for God. So this is, this is showing us, encouraging us as the church to keep going for God. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a world to win. There's a world to win. Life is much more than a, a, a bond to pay off, uh, than a car to buy, and children to raise even. It includes those things. How many of you agree it's good to have a good marriage? It's good to have good children. <laughs> it's good to have a good reputation in business. You know that you're not rewarded for any of that. It's good to have those things, and we need to prioritize them because it's part of our witness, but God's not going to say, hey, there's the husband of the year. <laughs> He's not going to do that. What is He going to do? Well done, good and faithful servant. What does servant imply? You served me by doing something. Yes, you, you, whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. So be a good husband or wife or whatever unto the Lord. But you're rewarded for the gospel. Did you share your, the gospel with your spouse? Did you share the gospel with your children? You know? Or are you an undercover agent? You've got a mouth for a reason. <laughs> it's to share the message. Amen? It's to love on people. Christ in you wants to come out of you. He doesn't want to stay hidden. There's no undercover agents in, the, in the, the kingdom. We're here to be contagious. We're here to be salt and to be light. Amen. So Father, we want to thank you that you've called us to be salt. You've called us to be light. You've called us to uh, this uh, wonderful privilege of sharing your message with the world. Thank you, Father, that uh, we don't have to a hold back. We don't have to fear because you've equipped us. You've made us able ministers of the new covenant. And Father, I thank you right now that uh, as people in this room are being impacted, are being uh, uh, challenged by the word, I thank you that a challenging word is a good word and a challenging word that's received brings growth. Father, you're not expecting us. This is a good word for someone. You, God's not expecting you to be where you're not. God's not expecting you to be where you're not. Even if you should be somewhere else, if you should be somewhere else in maturity, if you should be somewhere else geographically, God's not expecting you to be there now because you're here. God's not expecting you to do something that you can't do. Wherever you are, you just receive His love, you receive His goodness, and you, you give His goodness, you share His love where you are. Be who you are now, where you are, and God will help you get to where you need to be. You know, I really believe this on my heart. Some of you, you're not going to be here for long. 
in a sense that God's calling you to go somewhere else geographically. And I really believe you, you, you know this because God's been talking to you about this already. And so He's been stirring up in your heart to go somewhere else. And I feel like the Lord is just saying to you, stop try, waiting to be somewhere else and start being where you are. Yes, you're going to be somewhere else, but start, just keep being a witness here now. Keep being a blessing where you are while you wait to go to where you need to be. Thank you, Father. We're all called to ministry. We're all called to the work of the ministry. Whether we're doctors, lawyers, teachers, business people, we're all called to represent Him wherever we are. We can all do the work of the ministry wherever we are. But there's always, you know, sometimes God is put on our hearts that we need to go to the nations, uh, uh, we need to go somewhere else as a full-time missionary or an ambassador of Christ somewhere else to be able to break ground and reach the unreached. And so, Father, I thank you right now that if there's anybody in this room who you are speaking to or that, uh, that you, you want them, you're calling them to go, I thank you that you start just prodding their hearts and stirring them up, that you bring the confirmation that's necessary, that just like this church has sent Karen and Johan to Albania, I thank you, Father, that there's going to be many more being sent to different nations to reach the unreached, the people who have no hope currently unless we go. I thank you, Father, that they'll start to even dream about things like this. Just stir up their hearts, Father. Bring confirmation. In the name of Jesus. I believe God's just saying, like, if that's for you, it's going to be like fire shut up in your bones. It's going to be something that you can't calm down. Something that you can't cool off. Something that's just in you and it's being stirred up and you're going to have to step out in it or else you're never going to be satisfied. But He promises that He will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll be with you always. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I also just had a, a picture in worship, and it was of this big desk, like an architect's desk, and there's these plans being built or being drawn, and uh, uh, you know, it's kind of like the, the architect's holding them up and putting them down and drawing this and changing that and, and what have you. <coughs> and as I was praying over that vision, I really just felt like the Lord saying that in a sense, he's, he, 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 there's, there's plans that he's putting into place for this church, for this uh, 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 spiritual family. And I felt him saying, like, um, like you're not where you're going to be. Now, this is for, for, for those who are part of Grace Life Paquetburg. Like, this is what the Lord is saying to you. I believe he's saying that you're not going to be where you are now. Like, there's more to come. He's taking you somewhere. There's plans that he has put together that will, will take you forward in His purposes, so don't get comfortable, because there's more activity that's coming. There's more uh, 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 activity. It's just the word that keeps coming up for me. There's more activity. There's going to be more plans and things in place to be able to reach more people. And I felt Him say that you are part of His plan. If you're part of this church, you're part of His plan. Don't look to um, Chart and Lisa Marie to do it. 
They're just here to facilitate everybody in doing it. You're on the outskirts. If you want to be on the outskirts, you're on the sidelines. If you want to be on the sidelines, but He's called everyone to play a part. And so, Father, I thank You for the plans and the purposes that You have for Grace Life Pekitburg. I thank You, Father, that the, those who are part of this family are part of this vision and part of this mission. I thank You for the plans that You've got in moving them from where they are to where they need to be. I thank You, Father, that You reveal to the leadership of this house and you give them the wisdom and discernment that they need to be able to take things to the next level. And I thank you, Father, that you are, are, are going to use them. You are positioning them. And you're going to use them to, to be able to reach more people for you in this town, in surrounding towns, and in the nations, in Jesus' name. I just feel like the Lord's saying, don't despise where you are, and don't despise how small you might look because you're going to have ripple effects in many places. And you get the privilege of being able to be part of that. If one person goes to the nations, all of you are going with that individual. Currently, all of you are in Albania. But don't just think about Albania. Think about where you are because there's still many people to be reached here. I believe God's also put on some of your hearts ideas of how to reach out, how to do certain things. And you need to come and speak to Chart so that you can start moving forward together in those plans and purposes. Don't be scared. Just take the first step. Thank you, Father. I just have a, a picture again of people standing on the sidelines, looking in, wanting to cheer on. And I just feel like God's saying He hasn't called any of you to be cheerleaders. God hasn't called anyone to be a cheerleader. The cheerleaders are the great cloud of witnesses. Those are the, the saints who've died. <laughs> if you want to be a cheerleader, you've got to die first. Literally. But He hasn't called you to cheerlead. He's called you to be actively involved in the mission. I just want to pray for, for business owners or people who are starting businesses if that's you, just stand up. I believe uh, God's just, I mean, the word, message has come across quite clearly that that's not your primary calling, but it's part of it. And I just feel like Him saying that, you know, if you're, uh, uh, that you need wisdom, you need supernatural insight and things like that. So we just want to agree with you to be able to have that so that you can have more fruitfulness. Because I just had this picture of like all these businesses in Piketburg and how strong they were. And how that's even a, a way to be able to reach more people here. So if that's you, just stand up. Only one. Great. All the blessing to you. <laughs> there we go. Doesn't matter how big or small the, uh, the business is. It's uh, God's wanting to give you wisdom to be able to manage it in a way which is going to uh, uh, be a greater blessing to you, your family, to other people. And um, you'll be amazed at what God's going to do is you just avail your business to Him and how the increase will even come. Father, I thank You right now for those that are standing that, that uh, You have put inside of them the wisdom that they need to navigate through uh, 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 even these challenging uh, economic times. And I thank You, Father, 
that you just your favor is upon them that you not only uh, there would be a release of wisdom for them but that there would be just an increase of of favor in this community that they would start to have more connections more more uh, uh, clients coming in and things like that and that you show them in all of that how they can uh, be a witness for you in their business how they can can be a blessing to other people through their business thank you father Thank you, Father. We speak blessing over these businesses, the households represented that are standing as well, Father. And we just thank you just for, for great things to come out of this. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that they don't have to work themselves to the grave, that they don't have to overdo it. They just do what they can and they trust you. Thank you that they won't neglect rest time, they won't neglect family time, but they'll do what they can do with the time that they can and that they'll still see increase. In Jesus' name. Daar is nog vele meer gratis boodskappe op ons webwerf beskikbaar by www.grazelab.co As jy jouself ooit in die omgeving van die webwerf begin, wil ons jou uitnooi om een van ons by eerkomst te buiten doen. Ons wil jou graag help om Jesus te ontdek familie te vind en ware lewe te ervaar. Vir meer inlichting, besoek asjeblief ons webwerf www.gracelife.ca